If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, To Jeff Cameron Show 93.3. Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV on a Redemption Thursday. And that's a, a gross headline to read that I was just uh, looking at over the break. Uh, not, not when you read the actual story, it's not, it's not a gross headline. It is when you just see the headline. And the headline reads, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones must take paternity test. It's like, oh, Oh, goodness gracious. What is going on here? Well, here's what's going on. Just see. I've read that headline. I recoiled a little bit. Couldn't help. I'm a, I'm a visual guy. I was immediately thinking, no, no, no. You talk about sacrificing everything for the money. It's a big year for the Cowboys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's one of those where you read it and you go, drugs are amazing. Because there's no chance. A judge has upheld a decision requiring Cowboys owner Jerry Jones to take a paternity test as part of a legal dispute with a 27-year-old woman, so you're getting nervous, who says that the billionaire is her father. Okay, okay. I feel better about this. Whatever accusation is going on here, it's very specific, actually. I don't need to say whatever. Uh, that had been 27 years ago, 28 years ago. <laughs> like, okay, a little bit more palatable. Was that about how long ago their uh, last playoff win was? Like, what are we yeah, doing? Here? Yeah, yeah. So a big night after the uh, win. <laughs> a Texas judge said uh, rejected an appeal from Jones of a 2022 ruling in a paternity case brought by Alexandria Davis, who previously alleged in a separate lawsuit that she was conceived from a relationship that he had. With her mother in the mid-90s, Tommy. That was the last time. The glory days. So they have four playoff wins since the 96 playoffs. But maybe 27, 96, 
I mean, it was a big day when they beat the Minnesota Vikings in 1996. Mm. Uh, in 2022, she sued him in Dallas County, asking a judge to void a legal agreement she said her mother, Cynthia Davis, reached with Jones two years after she was born. So we'll we'll see. I just am glad that the headline wasn't like this is happening from, you know, nine months ago or something. The 40-15 to 15 win over Minnesota in the 96 playoffs. Oh, it was lopsided. They had plenty of time to go. get excited. Jerry was a happy man. Mm, mm, mm. The uh, other part of uh, what we were talking about last hour, which was entirely uh, the, the new format that the college football playoff committee is looking at and how quickly – well, and, you know, we were laughing about the fact, if you look at the history of all this in, in the discussion and the talking points, we can never have a playoff, then all of a sudden we have 12 teams, and now it's already 14 before we even have 12. We're moving to 14. Most think it's going to end up 16. Uh, the two super conferences clearly leading the charge. But remember the other thing that was always brought up back then? Uh, these are student athletes. That's just too many games. <laughs> What about exams? <laughs> yeah, what about them? Pretty soon, the team's going to have to win 20 games to win a national championship. It'll be longer than the NFL season. <laughs> you're, you, I mean, seriously. Well, you're not far off. Yeah, and you have the four-game rule for redshirting purposes. You might have to bump that up to five or six. because You're going to need bodies. Well, and if you clinch an AQ berth and it's November 3rd because it's a down year for your conference – just play your freshman for you know. That's you, actually kind of fun. It's like a reverse preseason, so your starters can go and they can play in a in a quarter, then a half, then three quarters as you as you gear up towards the playoff. But there's a ton of exposure now for true freshmen. That's probably the future of things here, not too far from today. Yeah, it, it would. It, that part is fun. I mean, if you, the sooner you get an opportunity to. Uh to see those guys play and not have to suffer the consequences of losing a year or whatever, that would be a lot of fun. Um, I did see – there's other uh, aspects of this story that I did not touch on. Um, one of them has to do with the fact that uh, – and this has been reported in several places that – and we, we kind of ventured a guess about this some time ago, Tom, and that is the SEC and the Big Ten at some point are just going to say, listen, this is what we want. If you want to play ball and be a part of this, great. If you don't, we're we're going to do it. This is what we're going to do, and we're just going to break away, and you guys can play whatever you're going to play over there, but we're going to be over here doing this. And ultimately, uh, and we'll make our own rules to do it, yep. by the way. The Aramco College Football Playoff. But remember, remember, yeah. we were saying, okay, look, there's no doubt Florida State's already in that, right? That's what they want to be. They want to be part of that. So as far as how any of that would affect Florida State and what they're doing and what their desires are, it doesn't. I mean, Florida State's you know, attempting to do that right now because they know potentially that is going to happen, and they want to be part. They want to be in it. And I, I, the sooner this could happen, the better, by the way, because I do value uh, other aspects of football and other – you know, I, I like to, to see something on even footing – for all involved. I like to know when I'm watching, for example, obviously year to year it changes, but if you're, I, I watch games between Marshall and Temple, I'll watch a game between Boston College and, you know, uh, Richmond. You know, I, I'll sit around and, good game. Good game, right? I'll sit around and watch that knowing what it is. Okay, these, they, they are not part of this. They don't want to be. They can't. They don't have the money. They don't have the backing. They've never wanted to be part of this where this is headed. 
So we're all going to go take our ball and go over here, and you're going to go over there, and it, you're going to basically be playing semi-pro football, and we're going to be back over here still governed by the NCAA playing college football. And we'll agree to what the NCAA's rules are, even though the courts haven't, because we've decided we need to have a governing body, and we're going to do it over here. Some 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 semblance of that. Yeah, just the, the thing is, a, a lot of the old ways and traditions are totally gone now. Like, they're gone because you're in a 12-team playoff. It already has begun. Uh, the 14-team playoff is going to move it a little bit. But get ready to not be crushed by a loss in a given weekend anymore in the way that you always were when there were two seats at the table or there were bowl tie-ins and you needed something to break your way in order to be sure that you could have a consensus title with the AP poll and the coaches poll. Like, it's going to change now. Losses don't matter nearly as much, especially when you're the college football playoff committee selecting the top four teams last in last year's yeah, field. Yeah. But this is the, if you have three AQs in a conference, you can schedule as aggressively as you want. Out of conference, it doesn't matter. Well, if, if you lose an out of conference mega tilt with if you're in the SEC with the Big Ten, that has no bearing on your AQ status. No, and all it does is it elevates your at large status. So there are going to be better matchups across that, that's the, the conferences. Good part. That's the good part. We 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 always said that if they expanded because under the old system, you it would it behooved you to schedule. A bunch of bums. I mean, I, I used to get mad. Uh, I understood that the value of a game between, say, Florida State and Texas A&M or Florida State at a conference against, you know, name your team, Michigan, Notre Dame, whomever. There, you wanted to see that just because you're a fan of college football and you want to see better games and more high-profile contests. But when, when this was a race to see who could play for the national championship and be ranked in the top two – top three, top four, and put yourself in a position to have a chance to play for a national title game, I used to say all the time, hey, I don't care. I, I would play nobody at a conference. We, we already play Florida. There's no reason. Remember, for years, I'd be like, there's no reason. You already play Florida. You should never schedule anybody who's any good at all. It ought to be a bunch of ass whoopings. That's all they should be, automatic ass whoopings. Because if you go undefeated, you're going to play for the national title, and this is about winning rings. That's what this is about. So you're right. That changes now. Every week is extraordinary. And I've dared to dream with all of this, too, because you, you really, you, in some situations, you're going to have a schedule that's better than the one that Florida has this year upcoming. That Florida schedule is insane. We, we joke about yeah, it all the time. Yeah. You could have that schedule. Now, still tough. I mean, you got to win, got to win enough games to be in yeah. consideration. But, yeah, you could have a year where if you're really good and you have – five or six games against teams ranked in the top 10. All right, we can lose two of those. We'll be all right. Yeah, exactly. You no, know, you're going to react to wins and losses more like an NFL fan. The argument, the counter argument to all of this is before it all began is that the playoff is every week, man. It's live or die every week. That if is, you lose once, you're probably done. You're in trouble. Unless you get super lucky. If you lose once, you're done. So the live or die nature of Saturday never matched up with Sunday where it, you could be a Buccaneers fan like us or on the West Coast and, and a fan of a team out there. You lose on a Sunday, it hurts. Yeah. But it ain't devastating the way that in 1996, losing one football game would oh. matter to any one of the top five teams in the country. Buddy, yeah. Your season is over if you're just thinking about championship or bust. Yeah, the year we lost to Southern Miss to start the year, you're like, well, oh, that's grand opening, grand closing. That is no longer the case. Now, it hasn't been for a little while. 
but now it's really, really in a different place. Well, and if where, you're in one of those two Super Leagues where you have all the built-in advantages yes. and everything else, you're already going to play a, a murderous schedule. You, you look what the leagues are now. If you're at Ohio State or Georgia or Alabama right now, 10-2 and two multiple years in a row is going to get you fired. 10-2 and two is not a bad season anymore. It's going to change. 10-2 and two is going to be fine because it's going to put you in AQ status, which is all they really care about. Unless you, unless you're you know hunting down a buy, but still ten and two is completely different three years from now than it was three years ago. Oh, without question, and in that part of it, we talk about the the revenue for a city like Tallahassee, and you join the remodeled SEC. Any given weekend in Tallahassee for your or your home slate could be a year where you have let's say Clemson and Florida State end up in the SEC. Like so many think, all right? And they've already added, as we know, Texas and Oklahoma. So now all of a sudden, in addition to Georgia and Tennessee and Florida and Alabama and LSU and Texas A&M and Auburn and Clemson and Florida State, I mean, any given year, your schedule at home could be Florida, Clemson, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama. I mean, they're, right. they're your home well, games. And Michigan. I'm telling you, these two conferences are going to have cross-conference games and a challenge. They're going to do that. It might be early in the season. Maybe it's before they get into conference play. It's going to happen, though, because these two want to work together. Desperately, they want to work together. Give each other inventory on the other channels. Dude, these two conferences are going to be the yin and the yang of college football. And they're going to work. So, even if we're in the Big Ten, we will get multiple SEC games a year. One home, one on the road. Because the two power, they're going to work together. It's just the way it's going to be. Now, the thing that sucks is the other, the smaller schools that have their athletic budgets paid for by games. Yeah, they're like, screwed. Maybe one a year, maybe one. It might go down to zero. You might not have a single opponent like that. I think you will. You'll have one. You'll have one. You, you, now you can have two or three. Well, you're going to have. They're, they're going to have. What's that's going to be a nine-game conference schedule, right? So a nine-game conference schedule. Yeah. They might go nine two one, yeah. you know the power yeah, two. Yeah, they yeah, make an agreement. Yeah, and they say yeah, because yeah. I mean the networks want more inventory. But the thing is that while it's going to be really fun for a big portion of the season, if you get AQ status, like I said, and it's November, you just get, play your freshman. Yeah, get ready to see some freshmen play in a given week. Like all of your backups, there's going to be a week where it's it's almost like load management for the NBA. It's like man, I'm paying how much money for a season ticket, but since we got the AQ, even though. A quasi-rivals coming to town. Like, for us, what would that be? NC State, Louisville? Like, somebody who's better than Boston College. Yeah. I so, it could be Auburn. Auburn's coming to town. It'd be a lot of fun to see all our players play against Auburn, but, you know, since we won oh, so there, much. There, there are going to be decisions made, just like in the NFL all the time, where coaches decide, I've got a banged-up running back who's a star. i got a banged-up wide receiver who's a star. My best defensive tackle is complaining that he's got – Soreness in his hamstring. Can't afford to lose him if we want to win this whole thing. You know what? This weekend, I'm sitting my guys. I'm sitting my starting quarterback, starting running back, and best defensive tackle, which means we're going to lose this football game against a very quality opponent This on the road at the Steelers or whatever. That happens in the NFL all the time. And you take that loss because, like you said, it really doesn't mean all that much. And you're going to see this in college football. There are going to be weeks where coaches just go, look, it's a cool game. I really like to beat Auburn. I'd really like to beat Mississippi State or whatever, but – I need these guys healthy long-term. We got bigger games down the line. Well, I only need one more win. I got three games to go. And this week, they're all banged up. So I'm going to I'm gonna say we're going to win one of the next two games after that because we've got a patsy. 
So yeah, this week we're just gonna we're gonna punt, and if we win, that's great. But it's gonna look a lot different. Not as good as Tallahassee Zaxby's. Mm-mm. Proud Golden Chief boosters have been for more than 19 years. Golden brown chicken, just tasty. Ooh, you had some yesterday. I did. It was delightful. Did you get the fingers? Did you get the sandwich? What'd you I got, do? I got the sandwich. I got the sandwich, and I said, instead of the Zach sauce, which is delightful. It is good. I want that barbecue sauce. And they said, no problem. Did you use the word slather? Oh, I, no, because I took it on the side. Uh, the sauce on the side. I just like an excuse to say slather. Well, that's what I did, though. Yeah. Active verb. A little bit done. of slathering was done. Mm-hmm. You still mm-hmm. get the pickles with the barbecue. The pickles and the barbecue is a nice little combo a little, flavor. A little tangy. A little mm-hmm. tangy, and then also a little sweet. There's, there's just a little a, mix. There's just a slight bit of heat. I don't. I don't call it spicy because I like spicy food. But, yeah, me too. But the barbecue is just it's a not spicy. Bit. It's warmth. A little warmth. Okay, I like that. Add a little warmth to my already delightfully warm chicken. Split top bun. Mmm. Did you get the Texas toast? You didn't yesterday. I didn't. No. You're like I'm being gluttonous enough by getting the buns. That's right. Split and I gave, top as they are. Well, and. The fries, as delicious as they are, again, gluttony, right? You got to. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, director, what you say about some of these fries? And you did the right thing. He's like, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, 73 Zaxby's in Tallahassee, folks. 73 to choose from. That's a lot. That's a lot. Really can't miss it. Jeff Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Let's uh, solve for the future, shall we? I want to uh, make sure I have proper heights and weights and all the goodness and all that. We should solve for the future with, uh, well, you know, it's ISF time. And uh, ISF is always fun to talk about because they collaborate. They don't just barge in with their own ideas. They say, oh, no, no, let's, let's listen. Let's listen carefully what they have to say. And then they say, all right, we got you. We're going to make this whole experience much better uh, and more efficient. And it will not only help your clients, if you work in, say, state government, you want to be more efficient, want your technology to work better. 
they got you, and your ideas can be realized. It's a good thing. Right now, we're solving, solving for the future as it pertains to, I guess, draft possibilities. Tom is the way to say it for Florida State players. We had this discussion the last few days with the combine. I, I saw um, a couple numbers and measurements that went out um, that really, really have to help Fabian Lovett. Uh, he had m- what you would call monster measurements at the combine, percentiles amongst NFL combine interior defensive line, uh, some of the best since 2000, Tom. Came in at nearly 6'4", 6'3", 7 He weighed 314 pounds. His arm length, 35 and a half inches, is tied for the third longest by an inside defensive lineman in combine history. Wow. He, uh, yeah, so the wingspan is massive. The hand size is massive. The numbers were nice. The numbers were nice. Um... Jared Verse, also positive results, 6'4 and a half, 257, 254. I've seen um, that was good. That worked out well. Um, not so good for some others. Um, now, I will say this, Braden Fisk, if you're wondering, 6'3 and 5'8, 292, arm 31. He was fine. He was fine. It wasn't going to hurt him. 292 with those quicks. Yeah, that that's going to work. Yeah, he was going he was all right. Um, not great as it pertains to some others. Uh, Kalen Deloach, uh, a little undersized, to say the least. I think he came in at 210. Did I see that right? And under six feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's not good, Tom. That's that's going to be a problem. So we'll we'll see how that affects it. But good news for Fabian Lovett. Good news for Jared Verse. Everything's just fine for Braden Fisk. Uh, not as good for, for Kalen Deloach. And I don't, you know, Tatum Bethune's an interesting case. You root for Tatum Bethune. He was a, a quality linebacker for you. Consistent. I thought he was the most consistent linebacker we had. Played a ton of college football. But he's been banged up in his career, and because he's played a ton of college football, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm not counting, I'm not really counting on uh, Tatum Bethune to get drafted high or anything like that. So, Oh, good player. Like, I think, to return to the first player on the list in Fabo, we need to remind ourselves he was never healthy. that yeah, but when he was, it was good. It's an NFL player. It is. Now the measurables are there. That's gonna help start the conversation. The question is, how does he move when he's out there working out? And I'm assuming he's gonna go through the full workouts. The thing that always I I would catch my eye when I watched him practice was just how quick his hands were mm-hmm. to not allow an offensive lineman engage with him. Like, Braden Fisk is a quicker defensive lineman than Fabian Lovett. There's no doubt about that. Fabo's not slow, but Fabo's hands and arms and movements were extremely quick. I remember a drill I've discussed a lot of times when you've got to go and and it's like you're high-stepping. It's the small little bags they have where you just – or it could even be a rope drill that you do, and you got to watch your footwork. And then also they test your hands at the same time. It's a very difficult drill to do. Two different things at the same time. And Fabo had the fastest hands, man. He looked just like a boxer with how quick he could move. Mm -hmm. And if he can show the range of motion, if he got through the medical part of it okay, with these measurables and the good tape he does have, he's got a chance to be drafted. 
Very good chance. Oh, I think he has a chance to be a good player, not just get drafted, but be a good player. Sure, I, I don't think sure. We, but yeah. we've been talking about him as one of the fringe players. Of is it going to work out for him? We know what he was in college, but well, is it? This a, just helped. This just helped a bunch. Yeah. Well, I always felt bad. You know, the frustration we felt with him had nothing to do with his desire to get out there and play. Nothing to do with the quality of his play when he did. His snap count was so low here because of the injury that happened against LSU two years ago. At the end of the game, it was unnecessary. The whole thing pissed us all off. He was never he was never right after that. That injury in the LSU game in New Orleans, in the last series of the game. Yeah, two LSU games ago, yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically stunted him ever being uh, an impact player for us on the defensive line. I mean, think about that. He was on the cusp. He, this was a rising star. A lot of people thought that guy was going to be dominant in the way that gets you drafted in the first round. Not one of these, oh, I don't know, maybe he will, maybe he won't kind of conversation. So these measurements are awesome for him. And if when they did, you know, we, we call it the meat market, when they're just grabbing every part of your body and making sure you're intact and solid and the ortho exam and all the stuff that we talked about yesterday. Yeah, yeah. If he passed all of that, which you can do, listen, these guys have some injuries occasionally that take up to two years to heal. Some people are really quick healers. Others are not. The nature of the injury has to be taken into consideration. The amount of times that it has to be revisited through surgery, those kinds of things, and cleaned up, that kind of stuff, can have a huge impact. So it doesn't mean it can't be righted. And if he shows the strength to go with those measurables, to go with what's happening, uh, you know, structurally, absolutely he could end up surprising somebody. They could end up getting a gym. That's how it happens. Typically, you end up you're like, I don't really remember him having that big of a college career. You know, if you're watching an NFL game on a Sunday, you remember the name. Where did he? Did he play at Michigan? I, he didn't do anything there. I remember he was a five star coming out. What happened? Oh. Tore his ACL his sophomore year, was never right his junior and senior year, just now got healthy, and my goodness, they got him in the sixth round, and he's dominating. That's how it happens. Yeah, this has to this has potential to be a good run for Florida State on the defensive line, and there's a chance that that happens again for us next year, where that reputation starts to change. Like, for example, there, there's a quotable yesterday. Jared Verse was at the podium speaking to the media on a host of topics, but he spoke glowingly of John Papuchis and the development that was done, the solving of Jared versus future. Yeah, they from, changed me, quote-unquote. Right. He says, look at my film at Albany, look at my film now. They changed me. And that is humongous for Florida State in, when it comes to grabbing recruits. And if you put together three draft picks between Jared and Braden and Fabo, let's say Fabo goes, next year you got Peyton, next year you got Farmer, and if Daryl Jackson plays well enough, I mean, we know that what his measurables are going to look like at the combine. Very good. This is how you change your reputation. And good on Jared Verse for continuing what Jermaine Johnson had started, which is letting people know this is a place to come play and get better. Two things about Jared Verse here, one good, one bad. Here's the good. Uh, yes, he's going to solve somebody's future as a edge rusher and do a very good job of it because he also became uh, a much better player against the run this past year. The added weight, the added strength, he was already strong. He got stronger. He was already a pretty big guy. He got bigger. And he was still able to rush the quarterback – which tells me that the stamina, too, has yeah, come up because yeah. that's a lot of effort to be good against the run. And he played – I mean, I know no, we rotated a, a lot, effort, yeah. but down the stretch he played so many snaps and he was fresh. And he dominated. So that's all well and good. He's going to be a first-round draft pick. Good for Jared Verse. He was fun to cover. He was a joy. Played hard every game. 
could have done without him saying yesterday that, uh, you know, if I had to do it over again, I'd have played in the Georgia game. We don't need to hear all that. That's unnecessary. And it would have been dumb. It would have been dumb, and also, don't say it. You you weren't going to play in that game. It's just, it's, I'm not buying it. I know why you said it. Don't do it. Uh, That bothered me a little bit, but the the point would be it's 99% all good. For Jared Verse. Well, and he told you in that first interview on the way he out. Did. He did. I look forward to exceeding your expectations. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. He also, uh, the first day I ever saw him working with Coach Papuchas, he was asking intelligent questions. Repeatedly, he'd finish a rep, and Coach would say something to him. He'd ask why. They got into hand placement. They got into the different styles of rush. Talked about uh, footwork. Talked about all of this stuff. He wanted to know more all the time. That's huge. The thing it's specific to the defensive line because you know those are the guys who are majority of wise are getting their measurables today. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to forget in my lifetime what this defense became when it had to become dominant. And I get that Florida wasn't anything to write home about, but Louisville's offense was averaging nearly seven yards of play. Went up and down the field on Kentucky, so at least there's a comp there mm-hmm. from the SEC. Went up and down the field against Notre Dame who Ohio State could barely score on. That, that mighty Notre Dame win that everybody was lauding for Ohio State. Louisville was able to do what it was able to do. I will look at that defense, the way they finished the season, as one of the legendary for Florida State, mm-hmm. as a championship-level defense. But damn it, those moments I saw in practice where Verse and Fisk are working together, talking with Odell about how they're going to game it up, work together to get after the quarterback, I really wish I could have seen those two pay it off in the playoff because I think they would be at the forefront of Florida State fans' minds for a longer time the thing that if they stinks, had the opportunity to do that. And one of the things that we get mad about with the snub, besides the money it cost Florida State, the opportunity it cost Florida State to win a national championship, don't know if they would have, uh, but the, they, they certainly could have been in any game against Michigan. Because as we saw, Michigan was a dominant defense. I don't think Florida State would have gone up and down the field on Michigan, certainly not with an offense that was riddled with injury. But they wouldn't have had to. I think they would have just stacked to stop the run. They would have found a way to eliminate that aspect and tried to win a 16-13, 13-10 type game. And who knows, when you're in, ga- in a game like that, it, it, it could be a lot like the Alabama game that goes to overtime. You got a shot. And whether you win or you lose it, it's just another performance where you say, man, Braden Fisk was good. Man, Jared Verse was unbelievable. Because that's what we were saying for about 12 hours Yeah. until the committee did what they did. But they were peaking and going in that direction. Now they're going to get their just reward, and that's the that's the good that's the happy part of the ending of this story. But damn it, watching those two play next to each other a couple more times in the Invitational would have been something. Yeah, it would have been. And you and I, and every other Florida State fan, will lament this for the rest of our lives and be angered by it every time we talk about it. It is true, but it's not anger that I feel when I talk about our friends at ISF and the collaboration that allow us each week to do Solving for the Future, just as they did with the Department of Health. Grant funding allocation analysis, that's right, that's what they did. Looking for potential uh, efficiencies in funding, IT, and organizational systems, they did it. Recommendations designed to assist the department and uh, help get uh, federal grant funds for increasing its capacity of disease intervention. Hey, hey, there you go. That's what ISF does, amongst many other things. ISF.com. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, Seminoles, we all know how important it is to score in the red zone, but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone? 
Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. They're making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy. The Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. Now, that's one word, KnollRetirement.com. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center, online at orangetheoryfitness.com. show rolling on as we uh, get that much closer, buddy, to a big weekend. We're going to have a good time with our cohort here at War Chant. Corey Clark's wedding on the horizon. I look forward to it. So where's my man T. Lizzie going to be dressed to the nines? Uh, maybe more like seven and a halfs, but yeah. yeah no mm-hmm. no tie because it, this is not super formal as a reception on Saturday, but yeah, it's going to be fancy enough. Here's a story that uh, won't shock you. Uh, Tyreek Hill is facing a civil lawsuit that alleges that he broke a woman's leg. Mm. Now, the other part of this is apparently, and to be fair, even though I don't like giving that guy, given his history, a uh, benefit of the doubt aspect here. Uh, it was during a football drill, so I'm a little uncertain about all of this. It's a social media influencer that is accusing him. Uh, her name is Sophie Hall. Why did you say social media influencer in the way that you did? Well, because that's a bogus title, but that's what yeah, that's what she is. Um, it alleges that Hill forcibly and purposefully pushed her to the ground during a drill at his mansion last summer. The receiver was humiliated when Hall sent him backward in a friendly football lesson the lawsuit says, resulting in him charging at her violently with great force. The force was crushing to a degree that she sustained a right leg fracture, necessitating surgery with metal hardware implementation. She's seeking only $75,000 in damages, so I don't... (laughs) So weird Basically, the the cost of the surgery, so her rates don't go up? It seems... Like a reasonable ask. I don't you- know what to believe with this. Obviously, I don't. You know, that's not not a guy that uh, I'm a big fan of for all of the stuff that happened when before he was ever in the NFL. But I I, I don't know what's real. It's, it's such a weird story. Football drills at his mansion. What does that even mean? I have no it's, idea. I, well, is it, was maybe, it like a, for, for like on video? To it must like, have been yeah, a social media yeah. shoot and had to be what it was. Uh, if it's on video, then this shouldn't be much to figure out. Right. Unless she's getting tackled while on, and so the camera just goes flying or something along those lines. But yeah, so it sounds like they were they were horsing around, and then she got the better of him because he was off balance or something, and he got mad. 
That's, That's what, what she's, she's a, yeah. She's saying he got mad and retaliated with violence in a football manner that resulted in her having a broken leg. I mean, in the grand scheme, that's not much. Why did that get? Why did it get this far? Just pay the money. Yeah, the woman does has more than two million followers, so she would be an influencer. Right, Tom, that's what right. she'd be. He was. Uh, now you remember he was suspended um, mm. by the Chiefs back in the day after the allegations that he was abusing his son. He broke his arm, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. That was the allegation. There was, of course, uh, when he pled guilty to assault and battery for the strangulation and choking of his then fiance. So was that, pregnant. She was pregnant at the time. That's true. And that is that he pled guilty to that. That is a thing that happened. So when people get mad and they retort, well, why do you hate Tyree Kill? What? Oh, he's given us a lot of reasons. A lot of reasons. Choking pregnant women, breaking his son's arm. Two. There's two. Two pretty good ones. And then don't get me started on what he did to the social media influencer. <laughs> uh, I want that footage to come out if it's real. Oh, it would have already. I would think it would have already. Given who you're dealing yeah, with. That yeah, that would have had to have come out by now. It would have had the TikTok noise at the end. Gloop, gloop. You said two things today that got me thinking. We're talking about getting out of this godforsaken conference, and mm. I allowed myself to dream while we were in a commercial break about Saturdays at Doke that feature either games against Michigan, Ohio State, USC, Oregon, Washington. You know, like thinking about the teams that have been added to that league, right? And then I did the same thing and thought, okay, Saturdays at Doke involving LSU, Ole Miss, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida. You go on and on and on. It's just so much fun. Just Every Saturday would feature that buzz, man. Yeah, the thing is, for the sake of the city of Tallahassee, I very much hope it's that the SEC is where yeah. Florida State goes. Yeah. Regionally because, matters, yeah. Well, everybody thinks in terms of football. But the economic impact on basketball being in the SEC footprint and baseball and softball and volleyball and all of these sports, all of these sports. Baseball would be a big one if we're in the SEC, it's that's for sure. It's huge for the city. Football is going to bring money in either the two conferences. Either one. And if you go to the Big Ten, I guarantee beyond Florida, you're going to have another SEC game a year. These two conferences want to work together so bad, they do provide their own networks, more inventory. So even if you're in the Big Ten, I think you're going to see a lot of SEC football games here in Tallahassee. That's going to make you a ton of money. But for the city and for our friends who own businesses here, oh, and yeah. if, if you have all of the sports, an SEC soccer game, they'll travel like crazy for that softball. Absolutely. The other thing I thought about, like, based on something you said today, you brought up uh, Jimbo referencing TiVo. It was TiVo. They ended it. Ended it all. I could picture Jimbo out on his <laughs> one of his ranches contemplating how TiVo destroyed college football. Damn TiVo! He's yeah, screaming to the sky. F you TiVo. Um, but the farm hands. He's on about TiVo <laughs> he's again. He's on about TiVo. He's had a couple of sips. Here comes the TiVo rant. But that's not what I thought about. Beyond, it's funny to think about Jimbo in his car driving down the road. F and TiVo. That's funny. But <laughs> that's how you got seventy-five million guaranteed, Jimbo. Yeah. Was thanks to TiVo. Thanks to TiVo. But the other part that made me laugh was thinking about TiVo itself. They've never mastered. No recording device ever post TiVo has ever been as cool as TiVo because of the bloop 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 bloop. That was the greatest thing ever. The first time you had TiVo, you're like, oh, this is incredible. You got addicted to the bloop 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 bloop. I could skip anywhere. This is it. Awesome. 
It's true. DVR services got worse over time. They Tivo gave us too was much. The bomb. They realized they gave us too much. You think about the ones that we used to have with cable. You had a DVR service that had uh, you could. I think it was four different levels of fast forwarding and rewinding, and then also you could hit pause and play, so you could get slow motion. From the DVR controls? Oh, it was incredible. We don't do that anymore. No. We had it made. We were directors. Yeah. Bloop, bloop. Bloop, bloop. I loved it. It was an addicting sound. They knew it. Well, you know, when you dive deep into how all those things work, you realize nothing's a mistake. It is It is made to be addicting. It's really smart. I'm not talking about the algorithms of social media and so forth and the internet. I, I'm talking about, like, now we know there's an entire, like, there's something that exists that didn't exist when we were in school. You can go to school to to learn how to program and make music solely for apps that are used on your television or you know on your phones. So meaning the reason I say that specifically is like when you go from platform to platform, you go from Hulu to YouTube to wherever, they all have that initial you're entered into the realm. Yeah. You know, like that. And so... The Netflix one is uh, very jarring. It's too much. It's too much, right? Yeah. Hulu has theirs. YouTube has theirs. Everybody's got one. Some of them are more pleasing than others. How does Max, which dropped the HBO name... Which bothers me. Why did you drop that name? I, HBO is awesome. HBO and its reputation for television is Remarkable, yes. How you don't have the sounder of... It doesn't even need... To have the, old the one? static. Da, 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 it could just be the people da, 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 going. Da, da, da. Well, well <laughs> remember that one? Yeah. That's a good one too. That's the pre-roll. Yeah, for, for I their love shows. that. Should be great. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, you, yeah. By the way, so that that actually influenced an entire field. I just got done listening to this lengthy interview of a person who is in charge of a firm in London that they have some of the biggest accounts. They have Hulu. They have. They sit in a room on a keyboard or whatever, trying to figure out the proper, it's called something very specific, and I'm forgetting the name of it now because it's ridiculous, but I, it's something very, very specific that you become an expert in while you're in school, figuring this out. Yeah, this- uh, It's almost this like music theory. Reminds me in the, the history of, of this company, I can remember being Warchant, that is, there was a campaign where, I don't know who came up with the idea. But it was just to have people shouting. Like, basically, it was all caps in the copy. Warchant.com. And then they're like, award-winning coverage. Yeah. like, who was the person who decided that let's all go full caps on Warchant.com? The market-leading beat reporting. Like, Oh, my goodness. You're like, no, no, there's no reason. That's the opposite of that Hulu noise. Yeah. We got to get a Hulu noise. But the YouTube one is kind of soothing. Yeah. Or whatever yeah. it does. Badook. Badook. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Now I'm driving around these days thinking of things that I would do for the uh, Netflix one or the Hulu one or the HBO Max one or the Peacock one. I got them. Uh, for uh, uh, alcohol delivery service, Oh, I'd take it to beer. Oh, uh, that's a good one. That's a good Well, that was soothing too. That guy was very soothing every time he came by. I'd take it to beer. I'd take it to beer. Yeah. No, I. <laughs> You, you I and like, I laughed every I single like time the, he took the beer. The yeah question mark at the end too, because you yeah. know when when you use the alcohol delivery services, like uh, I got one with wine, wine service. Yeah, and they suggest, hey, you have five more bottles and we'll throw you a free one. That's <laughs> yeah. where you go, huh? Uh, yeah, I take it to wine. Huh? I take it to wine. Huh? Yeah, yeah. What do you say? You do? Hmm? 
<laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, 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 like yeah. it's some words, it's mostly syllables. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. How to do? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, all right, take it. You know who needs one in the sports? And you have a cartoon that gets sad if you say no. Oh, that's, that's and, and people it. feel guilty. I, like I made that. the cartoon yeah, sad. Yeah, that's good. I like it. Have a divine? Oh, it makes the sound. Oh. No. Okay. No wine. <laughs> that would be great. We're on to something. I don't want the same thing to happen that happened to me. Uh, it's not a sound designer, Chris. I can't. No, it's it's it, it, that would be easy to remember. This is it is something that there's a degree. I mean, this is what people go to school for this. It's I'm going to find it. It was a podcast. <laughs> I sound like everybody else. Now. I was on a podcast. I was listening to this guy talk about how he got into it and how they developed. The The point though, was you brought up the HBO fuzz, the, the, the mixture of the pleasing sound mixed with the fuzz of the TV. Yeah. That that's famous. That was by accident. They discovered it by accident and it resonated with viewers and listeners because it, they liked the way that it was contrasted. I had a golf coach in my younger years who was awesome. Smoked a full pack during an hour lesson. Mm. And he was uh, 5'6", and he could hit the ball 300 with the clubs back in those days. Like, this dude yeah. was a baller. His voice would be perfect for a food app because if you hit a pure shot, you couldn't help but smile. He made you feel so positive. you go, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> when you hit a good shot, every yeah. time, you'd, you'd pure one, he goes, Delicious. The sound of a golf ball being hit in the center of the club face is uh, really unrivaled. There are very few things. Sweet spot on a bat, King Griffey Jr. home yep. run or something mm -hmm. like that. You're like, ooh, mm -hmm. well, that sounded different. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. But anything centered up, centered cut. In the center like, of a mitt when you catch a ball. Oh, like yeah. Where it's centered, yet it doesn't hurt. Oh, it's perfect. It's, yeah. you're in, it's yeah, in that yeah, right yeah, spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the pocket. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. Because if it's too much in the webbing, yeah, you don't it's get not it. as satisfying. Also, there's an art to that. As the receiver of said ball, I, I can make that sound every time. Just right at the spot. you got to know how to do it. And I would do it to embolden my son when he was young throwing the baseball. I wanted him to feel like he was getting stronger and throwing the ball harder with more velocity, and so I would always make that sound. What about the silence of a perfect pluck of a football out of the air? Mm, that's kind of hard to do. It is. That's... Uh, but it's great. Ooh, ball going through the net mm. on a long three with a lot of art. Mm -hmm. Buddy, that is a glorious. There were the chain rims. Oh, yeah, oh, back man. in the day. But I hated playing on the chain rims. Tore up the ball. Yeah, tore up the ball. You also could tear your hands up, all of that, man. You didn't want any of that. But the uh, chain rims with chain nets with double rims. Yeah, the chain nets, sorry. Chain yeah. nets with double rims is hell on earth. Yeah, what are we doing out here? Yeah. yeah, this is like how not to make any shots. This mm -hmm. is it right East here. Florida State of Georgia Tech. <laughs> this is an awful, awful situation. One of the great sounds in, uh, actually two of them in sports, that people love, but they're usually not good things. The mm. stoink in football. Oh, yeah, it's a great upright. sound. Yeah. But then in hockey, the post. Oh. The whole crowd, every time goes, oh. Yeah, Anytime time yeah, yeah. hits the pipe. And it's loud. It echoes through the arena. Yeah. When it's your team, you're like, damn it. Because sometimes you didn't even see it. You just you heard the shot and you're ting you're like, no, <laughs> and the goalie never knows either. He's like, like really quickly like did I did that ting and go in or did that ting and come out? Oh, it's out! Here we go. Yeah, that you if I'm at a if I'm at a lightning game and you're in the arena and we hit the post, you're somewhere you're gonna hear me go damn it! <laughs> I can't help it. It infuriates me to be that. It's hard to score. Well, sometimes it's off the post and in. 
So you get drowned out by the Tesla coils. Yeah, no, but I can see when you know, I can see when it's in. The net does the poopy thing usually. We need to do a, maybe a belling up workshop on uh, on sound effects. The best ones in the world. Well, and the ones that we would pitch, like I take it to beer. Huh? One more? The set. <laughs> huh? The 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 one more has to be a jolly fellow. It has to be. Like I think the one more. How about a two? Uh, <laughs> no, I think the one more has to be like a just like a fat man. Some people's voices You can hear their weight. You can hear their weight. And the, yeah. It's like blues singers. You oh, can, absolutely. Yeah, you can tell the beefy ones. Yeah. So it's awesome though. Like if you call to a restaurant or a bar about seating and a guy who's got some you know size to him answers the phone, Oh, it's gonna be a, a warm place. This is a good place. We should go there. Hey, how you doing? Right, you know like, that guy. A, yeah. There's no way that guy's skinny. There's no chance that guy is skinny. Good work out of you. Good work, director. Be well, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Alibations Friday. Peace.